And good morning and welcome to the VSA Capital Five Minute Morning Minor on Thursday, October the 14th. Yes, folks, we're getting close to the end of the week. I think we need it. It's been another busy week. It's always a busy week. How are you this morning, Paul? Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, with all the one-to-one America's uh, meetings I'm taking here this week. So, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Any any outstanding companies you've spoken to yet? Uh, nothing that has uh, is new to me anyway that uh, I've been speaking to so far. But uh, I've got my fingers crossed. Well, I'm also doing getting myself very ready for the Beijing conference that we're doing as the Shanghai Mining Club and mining in Dubbo, which is coming up next week. There's going to be some early morning starts for me, Paul. Um, but there we go. That doesn't bother me, really. Let's get cracking today. I think it's sort of itsy-bitsy a bit today, isn't it? Um, yes, what, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. What would you point out today? Oh, I think the Kenmare Q3s would be a good place to start. Uh, they uh, had an 87% increase on production over the third quarter of last year, and this is the first quarter where they've been able to bring up the uh, nameplate capacity uh, with the Pilivili uh, deposits now uh, producing according to plan. Uh, they're up to 1.2 million tons uh, annually of ilmenite uh, production here. Good news on that uh, behalf, therefore. Uh, they also had an improved loss time injury frequency rate that was reduced uh, by a good 70% or so. Uh, primary zircon production was also up uh, by 44% to uh, over 15,000 tons. And they have uh, said that they are willing to maintain uh, guidance for the uh, full year as far as what they had put out uh, in numbers. So. Uh, it's nice to see they haven't had any particular hiccups with uh, bringing this uh, Pillivilli deposit because they had to move the uh, uh, wet uh, plant uh, from the uh, uh, prior deposit, which was mined out in order to get it there in the last two years. So good to see. I mean, the, the Zircon price has been going up and up and up. I mean, wh- how, how do you feel about that? Is there, is there further room to go up or or um, could we see uh, prices just softening slightly? What, what's any feel? Well, if there's no inter- further interruptions, I think the prices would soften a little bit here. But the the issue is the logistics uh, around the world here at this point. So any kind of, of uh, hiccups to deliveries and that sort of thing are, are causing the spot market rates uh, and pricing for things uh, which are sold in, in a spot and contract to contract like uh, Zircon and Minerals. Uh, they can uh, go... Um, out of sight in a hurry, as it were. Yeah, but I mean, that's my worry. As the world gets back to normal and supply chains get back to normal, okay, maybe not to the middle of next year, you could see a softening of that price. Yes, I think if there is a softening, with if things really stabilize, I think it would be faster than that, uh, like uh, from uh, uh, the first quarter next year, I would think. Mm. On another commodity, though, which I, I, I see a lot of what I would describe as top traders um are tipping the copper price to go for a mega run um you know it's obviously had a good run in the last 12 18 months um but it's still not going through sort of necessarily what i describe as mega mega record highs from where it was back in sort of 2012 and 2006 7 uh, how do you feel about that, Paul? Oh, I've seen forecasts by various parties out there. Would like to uh, see it run to nine dollars, ten dollars a pound, something like that. And uh, I think that would be counterproductive for the industry per se. It'd be great for tra- metal traders, but uh, counterproductive for the industry overall because of the 
speculative money uh, essentially uh, causing people to get be irrationally exuberant about it. But uh, I would like to see the price break through the 470 level that we had gotten to before, uh, and I'd like to see it sooner here to demonstrate that there is uh, essentially a, a firm underpinning to get uh, money into uh, projects to get them developed. So uh, mm. I'm not nearly as bullish as many say, but uh, I think uh, if we get uh, into the $5 range, that would be helpful. Okay, so we're uh, back back to news. Uh, Anglo-Pacific uh, today, they sold off their um, thermal coal project. Um, uh, what was it called? I forgot what it was called now. But anyway, uh, for about $36 million, didn't they? Uh, what was that one, Paul? Yes, this is the Narabri South royalty that they had with Whitehaven Coal. It's not the primary one that they own with Rio Tinto. Uh, this is a follow-on one that they had uh, purchased uh, some years back. And this particular deal looks good for Anglo-Pacific in that they're able to monetize it uh, here with both cash up, about two-thirds cash up front and another third in contingent uh, follow-on payments here. And it's just part of their strategy that they've uh, management has expressed for a little while that they would prefer to... Uh, uh, diminish the uh, influence of fossil fuels on their portfolio as they move more and more into battery metals. I mean, it is good for Angler and that the stock's being marked up 3p today. And we like Angler at the moment. I think it's going to have a, a very good run for the next six months uh, before Julian leaves. But I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they paid $65 million for this royalty back in 2015. So they now sold it for 36 They've had, I think, about $36 million of royalty revenue from it. So actually, they're, they're getting out pretty much sort of net, net even after six years of ownership, which isn't that great, really, is it? Well, it, it depends on whether you like the uh, glass half full or half empty. Uh, the, it being a coal asset, uh, the risk is that it becomes more and more as a stranded pricing as far as an asset is concerned with the more and more um, parties that would have bought this uh, project a royalty back in 2015, no longer considering fossil fuels at all in portfolio portfolios. So I think they've come out all right on this. Well, I think, you know, I like my glass full. <laughs> Not half empty or half full. I just like it full when I when I get it. When I finish with it, I like it empty. Okay. <laughs> right. Anything else you want to mention today? Just to say that the uh, AIM quoted uh, Ariana Resources, which is the uh, Cyprus explorer, but has the revenues coming in from its uh, Turkish gold silver operation at uh, Kiseltepe. They have received their environmental approval uh, for the Tavshan deposits in uh, western Turkey. Uh, that is a separate deposit from the Kiseltep mine. It's about 30 kilometers roughly or so away, and it's a jasperoidal surface gold mineralization. So it'll be open pit mineralization uh, to mine. Uh, not particularly big in that regard, but it is big enough uh, at current gold prices to make them some money. So good to see there. Okay, on that note, I think we'll call it a day because we had quite a lot of just discussion from us. So uh, very good, Paul. We'll speak again tomorrow, which will be the end of the week. See you then.